Welcome to the Faith Dialogue Podcast with your host, Pastor Ken Baer. Are you ready to swim in the deep end of the Bible pool or climb to the top of Faith Mountain? If so, open the eyes that see, those ears that hear, and a heart that is receptive. Get your cup of coffee and your Bible as we begin. We are in the Gospel of Matthew, so welcome to our 11 o'clock service. Uh, we're glad that you're here. For the last few weeks, we've been in Matthew, and we've seen Jesus, what, as a, as a baby, right? Born in a manger, and then we saw him um, uh, traveling to, to Egypt with his pa- family, and then coming back to Nazareth. But today, we introduce uh, the adult Jesus, Jesus the young man. The sermon, uh, my sermon title today is The Heavens Open. The heavens open. We're going to be reading the scripture verse of Jesus being being baptized. You know, this is, uh, again, John the Baptist, right? John the Baptist, or I call him John the Baptizer. And John the Baptist was in the was in the wilderness, and he ate locust and honey for food and had a camel hair, a camel hair jacket, uh, which sounds like something you get at uh, Tiffany's, but it isn't. It was just a very rugged type of, of jacket, a leather belt around his waist. And, and he was the one that confronted the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Remember, they came to him to be baptized, and he said, you brood of vipers who told you to come. He knew that they weren't truly repenting. They were just putting on a show. Uh, But John is going to greet Jesus. Jesus is going to travel all the way from Nazareth, which is north in Galilee, all the way south through Samaria into Judea to be baptized by by John. Jesus is 30 years of age, and John sees Jesus, but but in contrast to what he said to the Pharisees, these holy men, he was was truly humbled. And he said, I should be be baptized by you. You have no need to be baptized, which was true. But Jesus so no permitted, he said, no permitted for now because all righteousness has to be fulfilled. So let me go ahead and read you the story. But as, you're, as I'm reading it, you've got to be wondering, what was John thinking when Jesus came to him? What was John possibly thinking? But let's go ahead and get into the verse for today. Verse 13, then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and you are coming to me. But Jesus answered and said to him, permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. And when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. You see, John had been in the wilderness preaching and offering a baptism of repentance for years. And John is, John's a tough guy. I mean, like I said, not only did he eat locusts and, and honey, but he's living in the desert. He's living in the wilderness. He's, people are coming to him. John isn't going to them. And he's the one that called the Pharisees and the Sadducees the, the brood of vipers. But this, this greeting to Jesus is completely different. John is literally humbled that Jesus would be there. Jesus is his cousin. He knows who Jesus is. He probably hasn't seen him for a long time because he's been in the wilderness and Jesus has been in his father's workshop learning how to be a carpenter until he's 30 years old. Uh, but John wonders, why would Jesus be coming to me to be baptized? He, he must be thinking, this man doesn't need to repent. I'm calling sinners to repentance. 
And that's why we're having the, the baptism. But Jesus very gently replies. He says, permit it to be so now. So before we get into the baptism and the heavens opening, and that, again, that's the message, the topic of my message today is the heavens open, I want to spend a few more minutes with this John the baptizer. And this is not, fortunately, the only gospel account that we have that has a story about John the Baptist. He's also in the Gospel of Luke. And what was interesting is I was reading it uh, in, pre in preparation for this sermon, and there was something that I had remembered before, but I had forgotten. Does that ever happen to you? <laughs> more and more, right? And so, I, so I'm reading through the Gospel of Luke, and I, it just, I read it, and it's like, oh my goodness. John the Baptist didn't know Jesus was the Messiah until the baptism. And there was a very specific reason that he knew then that Jesus was the Messiah. Because this is what it says in the Gospel of Luke. It says, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven. This is John speaking. Like a dove, and he remained upon him. I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. See, that's, a, that's amazing. I mean, my topic today is the heavens open. And this is an example of the heavens opening. John is being revealed something that's amazing. The first thing is he, that's revealed to him is that God sent him into the wilderness to baptize. See, his, his father had been visited by an angel and said that his son, this son John, that was to be named John, was going to come forward in the spirit of Elijah, and he would be the forerunner to the Messiah. So John had a very specific task, but it was like, it's like being told, bake a cake. There's no specificity to it. It's like, what kind of cake? Well, I mean, so that John really is kind of figuring out for his ministry, but here we find that he was sent into the wilderness to, to baptize. That's what it says in the Gospel of Luke. But even more amazing, God had told him that the Messiah would be revealed to him, that he would get to see the, the son of David, the, the promised king. You know, this is, this is very much like what God had promised Simeon. That's another story in the Gospel of Luke. Uh, there's this old man named Simeon, and Simeon was promised by God that he would see the Messiah. This is what it says in Luke chapter 2. It says, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout. Those are two adjectives that you want to live for. You want to be righteous and devout. And Simeon was righteous and devout. The Holy Spirit had been revealed, had revealed to him that he would see the Messiah before he died. He was in the temple when Jesus and Mary, when Joseph and Mary brought Jesus. Simeon took Jesus into his arms. He blessed God, saying, Now, God, you may let your servant die in peace. My eyes have seen your Savior, a, a light for the Gentiles. This is, a, this is heaven's open. I mean, there were millions of people in Judah, millions of Jews that were waiting for the Messiah, but it was revealed to Simeon that he would see the Messiah before he died. What, a, what an honor. Uh, one, more, one more reference. Um, you know, again, Jesus and John... We're getting, Jesus was going to be baptized, and John didn't want it. And Jesus said, permit it for now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. You ever wonder about that? Well, if you've heard sermons on these passages before from a pastor, often they would talk for hours, 
and hours. Have you ever had a pastor talk for hours and hours about baptism? Because that's this, what, this is one of the passages that tells us we need to be baptized. If Jesus was baptized, we should be baptized. There's a lot of churches in the area, a lot of churches in the country, that they baptize by full immersion adults. And one of the things they measure is how many baptisms they have because it kind of shows that God is moving in their congregation. That's a, it's a wonderful thing to do. But I just want to mention this, that, that Jesus is our example. And Jesus was the example for all mankind. Jesus fulfilled all righteousness because in many ways he was just like us. In fact, that's what it says in the book of Hebrews. It says he had to be made like his brethren in all things, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make propitiation for the sins of the people. You see, isn't it amazing? He had to be like us in order to be the high priest. By the way, a high priest would become a high priest when he was 30 years of age. This was the age that Jesus was when he traveled from Nazareth to John to be baptized. And what did the high priest have to do? Well, it wasn't so much confession of his sins, because he was supposed to be a righteous man, but he would be ceremonially purified by a baptism called a mikvah. He would go under the water. It would be a cleansing. So in many ways, Jesus' baptism was to show us that he'd be baptized, but at the same time, he was the high priest. And he was fulfilling all righteousness, all righteousness. Uh, Matthew draws special attention, by the way, to the fact that Jesus comes out of the water immediately. And then there's this word that says, behold, behold. And when you see the word behold, it means, wait, pay attention. There's something going on here that you need to see. That's what Matthew's saying. He says, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him, and suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. You know, this is the heavens opening. The heavens are opening in this, the dove, the Spirit of God comes down like a dove, and it lands on Jesus, and John sees this, and John immediately remembers that God had told him when he saw this, that the person that the, the dove lights on is the Messiah. So John knew that Jesus was his cousin, but all of a sudden he's seeing the dove light. I mean, it's like, this is the man that I've been preaching about. This is the one that, whose sandals I'm not worthy to even carry. He didn't know it was going to be his cousin. Here's Jesus, who's now the revealed by God because the heavens open, that he is the Messiah. Now, there's one thing that would have surprised John, however, because it says, this is my, the, the voice says, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And this voice is from God the Father. You see, the prophets all talked about the Messiah coming. The prophets spoke about the, the one like David, the son of David, even better than David, that would unify all the people of Israel and bring a blessing and this, this wonderful kingdom that would never end and be able to overthrow all of their enemies and be able to protect the people. This was the Messiah that they were waiting for. But John is, the heavens open and the, John is having something revealed to him that nobody knew, which is this is going to be the son of God. This is the Son of God. This is how God is participating. And that takes us to our, our lessons today, the heavens open. And, and what I did is this, is I, I came up with three, three things that we see anytime that the heavens are open. Anytime the heavens open like this, and I'm going to give you a couple examples. We see this. We see that God's presence is, is glorified. 
In fact, quite frankly, everything God does is for his, his glory. That's what God does. And the other thing is, is that God's kingdom is revealed. God's kingdom is revealed. And the third is that God's involvement is announced. You know, the Bible tells us, like I said, literally that everything that God does is for his glory. In Psalm 19, for example, it says the heavens, the heavens declare the glory of God. And the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day by day pours out speech and night to night reveals knowledge. You ever go out and see a wonderful sunset or the aurora borealis, the northern lights, or we were up in Alaska and just looking at the mountains and the glaciers and the ice caps and the flows of ice. It was glorious, glorious. And then a, a whale comes out of the water and flips his tail. Amazing. We're seeing these glimpses of heaven. And every time we see a glimpse of heaven, God's glory is, is being revealed to us. Now, while all the heavens and all of creation reveal of glory of God, from time to time, heavens open. And, and we see this. We see this. You know, uh, just as we're nearing Christmas, we could probably uh, reference that scripture verse in Matthew that we often read at Christmas Eve that speaks about the glory of God. And I'll, and I'll read it to you. This is out of Luke chapter 2. It says, now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields. You know the verse? Shepherds out in the fields keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. The glory of the Lord. God reveals his glory. The heavens open, and the glory of God is revealed. And they were greatly afraid. And, and you know, they're told that they'll find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in the manger, and they go to see this, this Christ child. Uh, what did they see? Well, why were they afraid? Well, because of the glory of God. Anytime you see the glory of God, the response often in the Bible is you fall on your face. It's just amazing just to see the glory of God just, just for an instant. Remember, Moses went up to the mountain and he wanted to see God's glory. And God said, you can't see my glory. You know, and, and Moses, oh, so please, please. So God shielded his eyes and walked by him. And it says that he, he allowed Moses just to see his his backside, just as he was leaving, okay? And, and Moses' face shone like that, so much so that he had to put a, a veil over his face. That's the glory of God. If we get just a, a peek at it, it will, it'll change our life. In these verses from the Gospel of Luke, uh, the shepherds, we also saw that God's kingdom was revealed, right? In the city of David, the, the, the Messiah is born. And we see God's involvement. God sent his, his only son. That's God's involvement. We see the kingdom revealed. And of course, it's all about the glory of God. You know, God was fully present in Jesus. This is God's involvement. And we have to remember that. In Colossians chapter 2 says, In Christ, all the fullness of deity lives in bodily form. John gets a glimpse of that when, Jesus, when God reveals. He said, this is my beloved son. But we would find out later what that truly means, that Jesus was truly God and truly man. Let's take another look at one of the uh, instances where the heavens open. And this is from the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 7. This is uh, the story of Stephen. Remember, Stephen was one of the first deacons of the church. They decided that the apostles were working too much. They didn't have enough time to pray. So they came up with seven deacons. And they appointed seven deacons. And Stephen was one of them. But Stephen was also the, the very first martyr. He preaches to the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And the scripture tells us that they were cut to the heart. 
They started gnashing their teeth. I don't even know what gnashing their teeth means. I know, I know my wife told me that at night, sometimes when I'm stressed, I'll grind my teeth. But I don't know what gnashing your teeth is. I guess it's like that even, even more vicious. But they were full of hatred. That's the idea. They, they hated this man, Stephen. And here's what's recorded for us. It's in verse 55. It says, but he, Stephen, being full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God. And Jesus standing at the right hand of God and said, look, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Stephen literally saw the glory of God through Jesus. You know, Jesus had ascended into heaven. He had died on the cross, was resurrected, ascended into heaven probably 40, 50, maybe up to a, a year earlier than this. Um, and, and we assume that Jesus was in heaven, but Stephen gets to see him. And what is Jesus doing? He's not sitting at the right hand of God, which is what the scripture says. He's standing. He's waiting for Stephen. He's welcoming Stephen into the kingdom of God. A few verses later, the scripture says, it says, and they stoned Stephen, Stephen as he was calling on God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then Stephen knelt down and cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. You know, the Bible says to pray for those who persecute you, and Stephen is taking it seriously. In Matthew chapter 5, Jesus says, you've heard what is said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I, I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous as well as the unrighteous. You see, from time to time, all of us will face some kind of persecution. If you haven't faced any persecution, you're probably not trying hard enough. I mean, that's the issue. I mean, it might be something simple. It might be somebody just shunning you or just waving their hand at you. I had somebody once, I was, I was talking to them. I had my Bible. Where's my Bible? I had my Bible and I had it on my, on my, my, uh, my desk. And somebody was so upset with what I was saying. I was just quoting the Bible. They took my Bible and threw it on the ground as if I didn't have more. I mean, I've always got plenty of Bibles. But see, this is, this is what happens. The, the heavens will open and people will hear the gospel and it's going to affect them. They could be like the Pharisees where they're cut to the heart and they gnash their teeth. But many of us have accepted the gospel because somebody has shared the word of God for us. And when you share the word of God for, with somebody, the heavens open just for a moment. And, and the glory of God is seen. And God's kingdom is, is revealed. And God's involvement is announced basically because it's Jesus Christ that has come to forgive us of all our sins. And do you ever wonder what heaven looks like? You know, there's actually a few scripture references in, in, uh, in the Old Testament as well as the New Testament uh, about, about heaven opening. So I'm going to just take you through in the remaining time we have today. I've got some time. Um, and take you through some of these scriptures. Uh, the first text I want to share with you is the, of the prophet Elijah. Elijah is one of the most fascinating characters in the Old Testament. He really is. I know I say that about a lot of them, but remember John the Baptist came in the spirit of Elijah. Elijah was this amazing prophet. He was the one that confronted Ahab and Jezebel. Remember? And also he goes to Mount Carmel and he gets 450 of the prophets of Baal together. And he has a little contest. I love the contest. He says, why don't you go ahead and prepare the sacrifice and put it on the wood, but don't set fire to it. Just call on your God 
and let the God set fire to your sacrifice. And whenever God does that, we'll know which God wins. A little contest. So they were out there all day and they were calling on their name of their God and they were cutting themselves. And he says, maybe he's asleep. Why don't you go ahead and call a little louder? I love this. I love the scripture. It says, and, and so they call louder, right? They do what he says. He's mocking them. But they even cry louder. And of course, nothing happens. But then it's, then it's Elijah's turn. And Elijah pours water on the sacrifice. And he pours water on the sacrifice again, so much so that it fills up a trench around it. Then he calls on God, and God sends fire down. And it consumes, says it consumes the sacrifice, consumes all the wood, consumes the stones, and licks up all the water. And of course, he defeats, then Elijah defeats the 450 prophets of, of Baal. He's an amazing man, this amazing man, Elijah. Later in life, he has an apprentice. Someone that comes alongside him and he teaches him the ways of the prophet. His name is Elisha. And Elisha wants to be like Elijah. And Elijah knows that he's, it's time for him to go home. And Elisha knows that too. And Elisha wants to stay close to Elijah because he wants to be with him when the Lord brings him home. And this is what the scripture says. It says, and they, this is Elijah and Elisha, were walking along and talking together. Suddenly, a chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared and separated the two of them. Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. Elisha saw this and cried out, My father, my father, the chariots and the horsemen of Israel. And Elisha saw him no more. This is the window of heaven. This is, a, this is the heavens open. And what happens open and all of a sudden these chariots come and they whisk Elijah away. You see, God has no problem going back and forth between heaven the heavenly realm and the earthly realm. You know, if you've ever had the opportunity to be with a loved one at their, when they breathe their last and to hold their hand, it's a, it's a very precious time. And, you know, there's a point when they breathe their last breath here and they have their first breath with the Lord. I mean, it's that, that fast. The Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And this story that we see with Elijah, just a, a glimpse of it. This is how God has no problem bouncing between heaven and earth. And, and one moment you're here, and the next moment you're, you're in heaven. So the very next reference in the Old Testament about, about, uh, uh, is, is on, about Ezekiel. And I'll tell, let Ezekiel tell you a little about, about what, what he saw in his own words. This is out of Ezekiel chapter, chapter 1, verse 1. It says, Now it came to pass on the... 30th year in the fourth month, on the fifth day of the month, I was among the captives by the river Shabar, and the heavens were opened. There's my sermon, right, for the day? That's my topic. The heavens were opened, and I saw visions of God. You know, chapter 1 continues, and Ezekiel sees this wheel within a wheel, and he sees these, these, these angels, these cherubim, and, and this is surprising for him because this is, this is like the throne of God that he's going to see. And these cherubim, um, they have eyes all around them and they have faces of men and they're very, very unusual creatures. And they're carrying this throne. They're carrying this throne. Ezekiel looks up and he sees them carrying this throne. And this is what it says. It says, and above the firmament, this is above what, they, what they're doing, over their heads, was the likeness of a throne. An appearance like a sapphire stone. On the likeness of the throne was the likeness with the appearance of a man high above it. Also from the appearance of his waist and upward I saw, as it were, the color of amber and the appearance of fire all around it. And from the appearance of his waist and downward I saw, as it were, the appearance of fire with brightness all around. Like the appearance of a rainbow in a cloud on a rainy day. 
So was the appearance of the brightness all around it. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. You know, Ezekiel's having trouble to describe what he's, what he's seeing, but what he's seeing is the glory of God. He's seeing the throne of God. You know, often scholars debate uh, when we see the angel of the Lord, like the angel of the Lord uh, appeared to Jacob and wrestled with him, remember, all night. Uh, there's a few places like that, and the scholars debate whether this is a theophany, meaning God appearing uh, in the flesh, or whether it's a theophany, an early appearance of Jesus. Well, this is neither, because Ezekiel is peering into heaven. He, the windows of heaven are open. Heaven opens, and he's seeing the, the throne of God. And what he sees is, this is unusual for him because the, the, the throne of God should be in heaven or it should be in Jerusalem. But remember, the Babylonians came in. He's at the River Shabar. Where's the River Shabar? It's in Babylon. Ezekiel is in Babylon, and he's trying to figure out what, God is, what is God doing in Babylon. But see, here's the thing. God was still on the throne. Have you ever said that to somebody? It's a wonderful thing to say to somebody, by the way. When there's a disaster, when there's a hurricane when there's an illness, when there's a death in the family, when something unimaginable happens, one of the best things we could say is God is still on the throne. God is still on the throne. You see, the Babylonians came and they destroyed the temple and they took all the people of Israel captive. But God was still on the throne and God was showing that to, to Ezekiel. So let's finish up with just one of my one of many references that I could have used, but I picked this out of the book of of Revelation, and, and Pat actually read part of it this morning, uh, but it's, it's just an amazing, um, uh, amazing story. In the book of Revelation, it opens up, by the way, uh, with a vision of heaven, but then John has seven letters that are dictated by Jesus to seven churches. Seven churches, and each individual church was existence in Asia Minor at the time, present-day Turkey, uh, and they were real churches, and they had real issues, and some were commended, and some were condemned for their activities. But if you take the seven letters together, and you, and you stretch them out, we see it's the panorama of history for what we call the church age, the age we're in today, because those churches represent different ages during the church age, and some of them overlap because three or four of the churches are still here, but, but they overlap. But, but the thing I want to say is that it's after this, after this, John is called up into heaven, and we see another that the heavens open, and John experiences this, and he records it for us. So let me read it to you. This is out of John chapter 4, beginning in, I'm sorry, Revelation chapter 4, beginning in verse 1. John writes, he says, after these things, meaning after the seven churches, after the church age, I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard like a trumpet speaking said to me, come up here and I will show you things which must take place after this. Immediately I was in the spirit and behold, a throne set in heaven and one sat on the throne. He who sat there was like a jasper and a sardis stone in appearance and there was a rainbow around the throne and its appearance was like an emerald. You know, it's obvious that John is having the same trouble that Ezekiel was having, trying to describe the throne of God. He's using words that he could use, but it was unimaginable and almost undescribable. Then he says, around the throne were 24 thrones, and on the thrones I saw 24 elders sitting clothed in white robes, and they had crowns of gold on their head, and from the throne preceded lightnings, thunderings, and voices. Seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. 
Before the throne was a sea of glass, like crystal. And on the midst of the throne and around the throne were four living creatures full of eyes in front and in back. These are the same creatures that Ezekiel saw. The first living creature was like a lion. The second living creature like a calf. The third living creature had a face of a man. And the fourth living creature was like a flying eagle. The four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within, and they do not rest day or night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. You know, I, I, I pick this verse because I think of, of all of the examples I could show you in the Old Testament as well as the New Testament. This is the most significant. It's the most significant because John is revealing heaven as it will exist when we're there. I mean, if you've ever wondered what heaven is going to be like, John is showing us a picture of what it's going to be like when there's 24 elders there. You see, Ezekiel didn't see the elders. John saw them. John saw them as a vision of what was going to happen after this, this church eggs. He says, after these things, what must take place after these things. And unlike Ezekiel, John sees 24 thrones, and on the 24 thrones were 24 elders. They're not cherubim. They're not angels. They don't have wings and faces of animals. They are the resurrected saints of God. It's all through the Old Testament and in the New Testament and in the Gospels, we look forward to the resurrection of the dead. That's what we look forward to. Just as Jesus rose from the dead, all of us will eventually rise from the dead. Uh, the Bible says that there'll be a moment like a twinkling, a twinkling that uh, one moment will be here and the next moment will be with Jesus. Jesus said that he would come back for us, that he was going to go prepare a place for us, but he would come back for us so that we would be where he would be. God has no problem traveling between earth and the heavens. God provides these windows when the heavens open to not only show us his glory, but to a, give us a glimpse of what the future holds. You see, that's what John the Baptist saw. John the Baptist saw the dove light on Jesus, and, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the verse said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. God is pointing out Jesus as the Messiah. John got a glimpse of what Jesus was going to do, what Jesus was going to uh, accomplish. John didn't live long enough to see Jesus resurrected, but he sees Jesus resurrected now. He sees it now. There's a real heaven. There's a real home waiting for the saints of God who know Jesus and acknowledge him as the only son of God. And when we get to heaven, just like God said of Jesus, God will say, these are whom I am well pleased. I'm well pleased. These are the resurrected saints. Amen? Amen. Just a glimpse of heaven. Just a glimpse of heaven. Let's pray. Father God, we want to thank you, Lord. You've been listening to Faith Dialogue with Pastor Ken Baer, recorded live at Celebrate Seniors, a ministry of Faith Dialogue. You can listen to or watch all of the recordings at Faith Dialogue by going to www.faithdialogue.com.